0: Pipeline. I'm Steve Jones, and uh, this is one of the last programs of the year, maybe the very last program uh, for Concert Pipeline of 2014, as we move on to bring on a new year, 2015. Uh, there's a possibility we may have one more show for you this uh, before the year runs out, but it's not 100% confirmed yet. I'll tell you who at the end of the podcast. If it does happen, it's going to be a big one, which will be really awesome, so... Uh, stay tuned to the end of the podcast to be able to find out who that is. Um, before we get started, I want to let you know all the ways you can uh, get more Concert Pipeline. Uh, the first is check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash uh, and That's where you can check out photos and videos of uh, the uh, performances of the uh, artists that we have on the program. Um, as well as uh, see who's going to be on the program coming up as, um, in the not-too-distant future as well, um, and, uh, and more. So check us out on Facebook. You can also follow Concert Pipeline on Twitter, at Concert Pipeline. And uh, you can, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And our newest edition, which is really awesome, uh, you can check the uh, program out on Stitcher Radio. So if you download the Stitcher app, um, you can uh, just search for Concert Pipeline there, and it'll be the first thing to come up. You just start typing Concert P and it uh, predicts uh, what you're going to uh, search as Concert Pipeline. It's really awesome. So check us out there as well and um, and listen there because that's our newest way and uh, and that can help support the program. So thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Um, so like I said, we have uh, Nick Howard on the program uh, today and uh, he's a really great guy. We got to sit down with him before... Uh, his show at City Winery in Napa, and that was uh, that was a great time. I uh, had a really good time talking to uh, Nick, and he opened up for Eric Hutchinson and Tristan Prettyman um, at the City Winery. It's, a I think, the fourth show we've covered at City Winery. It's a great venue, and uh, they totally gutted the old opera house and uh, changed it into um, this uh, really classy... Um, but it's, a, uh, it's a music venue really I mean it's a chain There's a couple of other, others of them uh, around the country So food's really good And uh, you should check it out if you have a chance to go there um, So We'll get a chance to uh, Listen to the Nick Howard interview And uh, hear a couple songs from Nick Howard um, As well as a couple from Eric Hutchinson uh, In just a bit But f- before we do that um, Let's hit it off with music news <laughs> Uh, music news is brought to us by antimusic.com forward slash day in rock there's uh, actually a lot of really interesting stories this week so um i'm going to try and hit as many of them as i can uh, and, and talk about them um i, I think there uh, is a lot going on so as we wind out the year um the first one up is coldplay is working on their final album Um, Coldplay frontman Chris Martin says in a new interview That the group is working on their 7th studio album And he says the band is approaching It is their final album Uh, He made the revelation during an interview with BBC Radio uh, Where they were discussing the band's song Magic Off their current album Ghost Stories Being named hottest record of the year Eh, not a fan Um, I'm not a huge fan of Coldplay to be honest Um, So not really disappointed that this is their last album they're okay, but I don't really seek them out, and I don't, I, I don't buy into all the hype uh, around Coldplay. So um, he had this to say about their, uh, their new album: "It's our seventh thing, and the way we look at it, it's uh, like the last Harry Potter book or something like that. Not to say there might not be another thing one day, but this is the completion of something." Yeah, Chris Martin, that was a great statement. Did you think about that one very long? I mean, what? so there may be more but this is the last kinda, maybe, sorta yeah, okay we want some press, can you give us some press about our new album, that'd be great okay, yeah, we talked about it so um, so that's all we got there, right it's Coldplay's working on another album, maybe their last but probably not according to the the def- how sincere Chris Martin was in that statement Okay, next up is that Axel Rose is not dead Wait, should that have been the leading story for today? Um. Yeah, okay, so Guns N' Roses frontman Axl Rose would like you to know he's alive and well and getting a good laugh at some recent headline-grabbing news pertaining to him reportedly being dead. On Wednesday, December 4th, a fake MSNBC report designed to look like a real MSNBC report made the rounds with the headline sources. Guns N' Roses frontman Axl R- Rose found dead in West Hollywood home at age 52. Isn't that where they all die? In West Hollywood home? Um, and probably at the same age of 52. Uh, story re- uh, read, unconfirmed reports say Rose was found dead Tuesday late afternoon in his West Hollywood home after police were called around 3.30 p.m. for a well fire check. Um, but he, the Guns N' Roses frontman was doing just fine, so he quickly let his many fans know, even having a little fun with um, all his Twitter followers, saying, if I'm dead, um, do I still have to pay taxes? Oh, Axel, you're so funny. Um, because nothing is uh, guaranteed in life except death and taxes, right? Um, So uh, later he took to Facebook uh, via his fan page um, to soothe his fans' worried minds by posting a picture while feeling sarcastic of his very alive self. Um, Ha, they say I'm dead. Again? Wait, what? WTF? It's a hoax. Guys, get a life. Uh, So, um, yeah, not dead. Not dead. Uh, I heard that story as well, and uh, my my wife told me about it, and I just shook it off. I'm like, not a chance. Not a chance. There's no way that I would even uh, – it's not even like one of those that you can believe into. It just kind of – it's too uh, it – it'd be too – Uh, perfect right i mean i guess that's the only word is like it'd be too perfect of a story that it just fits the the bill of hey this rock star died in his hotel in, in his home right um so that definitely wouldn't happen um and he's alive and probably not working on his last album um so dave grohl um Reveals an unusual drug cure Uh, He's revealed that he recently tried to start smoking marijuana after a 25-year break In the hopes that it would cure his insomnia But the plan uh, plan went badly wrong The food fighter's uh, main man had stopped using weed around the age of 20 After suffering paranoid experiences And only thought of having another joint when the band uh, was working on their latest album, Sonic Highways uh, Grohl tells Howard Stern he hopes uh, his hopes were dashed after sitting at home watching TV reality show Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Okay, Dave, come on, Dave, Dave. If you're listening to Concert Pipeline, which I'm, I'm sure you are, uh, why, why would you watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Do you do you hate yourself that much, really? Um, And so Grohl recalls uh, One night after everyone was asleep I smoked way too much Watched the Kardashians And lost my mind I don't think that was the pot I don't I just don't think it was Um, He vows I'm never smoking pot again They should uh, do that in rehab centers Get you super fucking high And make you watch the Kardashians You'll never take drugs again Agreed. I don't, but again, I, I don't think you need the pot. Just have them make you uh, watch the Kardashians um, in rehab, and uh, you'll be all cleared of any addiction you have uh, from that point on. So. Creed bandmates say Scott Step needs an intervention. Have you heard about this? Oof! What a story. Uh, Creed bassist Brian Marshall says he's spoken to Scott Stapp and believes a troubled singer needs an intervention before he does himself serious injury. Yeah, I would say that's a a start, right? Mm. Stapp last week posted a video in which he claimed he was the victim of a concentrated attack. He'd had his bank account frozen, and he was living in his truck. It was later revealed his wife had cited drug use, violent behavior, and a suicide attempt in her divorce papers, and that she'd attempted to have him put into a mental care following months of disturbing behavior. Last week, Marshall reported that he'd spoken to his colleague and... He seems uh, to be okay. Now he says, due to the exposure my posters receive, I feel I need to clarify what I meant. It's obvious that Scott is not okay. He needs medical help and or an intervention, so he does not surrender to to this disease uh, before he hurts himself or others. Now, before I'm about to say uh, what what comes next, um, I just want to preface that um, drug addictions and um, attempted suicide, none of that's funny. But Scott's staff needs to step, step away from the light. Like, I mean, seriously, um, Creed is horrible. And um, I tell my wife every time it's still on the radio, I thought we agreed that uh, we weren't going to ever play Creed again. I just thought we agreed as a society that we have no need for it. But somehow, once in a while, it still worked into the mix. And uh, with arms wide open... Keeps coming on the radio, um, and as well as uh, uh, "Can You Take Me Higher." Oh gosh, I'm annoying myself just singing it. Um, so, um, he—I don't know how he's broke. I mean, can't you manage uh, some money? I'm sure you made money off of that, right? So, what happened? Yeah. Okay. Fine. It was ten years ago, fifteen years ago, whatever it was um, when that was out. But and you haven't had any success since then. I guess that's a problem. Let's let's work on getting a new career. Okay, your time is past, right? Uh, go uh, find uh, Doug from uh, Hoobastank and make a supergroup or something. Right. Okay. Um, so that's uh, that's Creed. We have a couple more stories here for you before we uh, round out the music news. Uh, the next up is Fleetwood Mac is going to expand their n- upcoming North American tour. Um, they're on a roll with their reunion tour with Christine McVie. Um, she's also uh, was playing some solo shows. Uh, they just uh, came through the Bay Area just this past week, um, and Christine uh, did a couple of solo shows as well um, on her own in that time frame. Um, heard her do a live set on the radio also um, where she joked about Um, How she couldn't be a DJ Because they uh, They're too uh, Too famous And uh, That kind of Burned the DJ A little bit I think Um, So uh, The The new North American Dates for the 2015 Leg of The On with the show tour Include stops in Houston Dallas Miami Orlando Atlanta Denver Vancouver Bakersfield Oakland Los Angeles And Las Vegas So they'll be coming to the bay again um, Which is Uh it's pretty cool, I guess, right, for Fleetwood Mac fans. Um, I'd be down to see them, but um, I'm pretty sure it's a pretty pricey ticket, so um, a little steep for my blood. Um, but uh, but they're coming around again in to, uh, 2015, probably around April or so, um, I think, is, is when they'll be here. So check them out if you didn't get a chance to see them this time and you're interested in seeing Fleetwood Mac and uh, Stevie Nicks. Okay last story up is Aerosmith's Joe Perry releases a Christmas EP Um, he's giving fans an early Christmas gift with the release of a brand new four song Christmas EP which includes a guest appearance from Johnny Depp the new EP uh, Joe Perry's Merry Christmas how did it get that name Um, a lot of thought went into that one huh Uh, includes his renditions of White Christmas Silent Night, Santa Claus's Back in Town, uh, and Run Run Rudolph, featuring Johnny Depp on Rhythm Guitar. Um, And Perry explains why he released the new EP. I've wanted to do a Christmas CD with Aerosmith for years, but it seems we'd never have time to record one. When my Rocks book tour ended, the timing was right. We were in LA with access to a studio with some really talented friends, and it all fell together. I was finally able to uh, record some Christmas classics for the fans. He also explained how he selected the songs. Two the two instrumentals are among the ten most popular Christmas songs. Ooh, he looked at a list. That's how he chose it. Uh, almost everyone knows the lyrics to "Silent Night" and "White Christmas," so he treated them as songs that people could sing along to while staying close to the classic versions everyone knows. The two vocal songs, "Santa's Back in Town" and "Run, Run Rudolph," are rockers made famous by Elvis and Chuck Berry. Uh, they're probably less well known. Um, what? "Run, Run Rudolph." How is that less well known? Uh, that's a famous Christmas song. Um, so you'd have to hear the lyrics to know uh, they're Christmas songs. You do, do you? Rudolph? That doesn't. I guess that's a lyric that will give it away. Um, they're two of my favorite holiday songs. You can order the EP over iTunes or directly from the label. So check that out if you're uh, at all interested. All right, so let's move forward to the main content of the program, and that is... Uh, our friend Nick Howard. Uh, Nick Howard uh, is um, a British music artist and uh, he uh, had, has gained fame over the last five years or so um, after quitting his day job. Um, we'll get to hear a little bit about that and he, um, he also won the uh, German version of The Voice. Uh, which he didn't set out to do. It just kind of um, happened. He learned German and uh, moved to Germany for a little bit and um, and was on the show and made it all the way to the very end and, and won. So that helped gain him some notoriety, but he had already been kind of signed before that happened. So um, so pretty cool story, and he has some, some great uh, videos online as well so you should check those out on his uh, website or on YouTube and just search for Nick Howard they'll, um, they'll come up there um, but uh, I, we're gonna yeah, get into the interview here in just a moment but before we do we should definitely check out um, a song that he performed um, he had a, um, a good set we uh, got to do the interview before the, uh, the set and um, and he was solo acoustic with his with his guitar, so uh, so that was I mean really cool, uh, raw, broken down, and uh, um, but still a, a really good lively performance. And he got the the crowd really engaged. Had a great time on stage as well. So uh, here is a melody of songs that uh, that you might know uh, that Nick covered uh, that uh, a few nights ago at the City Winery in Napa. <laughs> Hello, I'm Nick Howard and you're listening to Concert Pipeline. I'm here with Nick Howard and we're at the City Winery in Napa. How are you doing today, Nick?
1: Doing very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here in uh, Napa. Very oh. Big fan of the area and it's nice to be back.
0: You were telling us you, uh, you before the we started the interview that you've been here before. When was the last time you were in Napa?
1: I was here actually. One of my best friends got married in Ukiah, which isn't too far north yeah. of here. Got married in the summer. Guy from England uh, who who uh, married married himself a beautiful American girl, and they got married in in uh, Ukiah. So I came over for the wedding. So it was about four months ago, something like that. And we came through Napa on the way back. In
0: nice. Well, you area. live in you live in L.A. now, right? So it's
1: yeah. Like, I sort like, of live between all over the place, really. New York, L.A. and and London, <laughs> kind of. That's my my deal.
0: Kind of on the road all the time as well, right?
1: Yeah, for the last four years, five years, I've played, I don't know, 800, 900 shows, something like that. So, always on the road. This year, in particular, I think I've been on tour about two hundred and fifty to three hundred of the days of the year. So, wow. but that's good. That's not a that's not a problem for me. I love it.
0: <laughs> no, you get to see a lot of different places, absolutely, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
0: Are you touring in a bus right now, or?
1: Yeah, I'm on. I'm sharing a bus with uh, Eric, who's the er, who's our headline, Eric Hutchinson, and um, I did a I did a bus tour last year, but. I've never on a U.S. bus tour and it's really fun because, you know, I'm so used to driving myself or driving in the day with people that to, to go to sleep on the bus and wake up in a city nine hours away is just like the coolest, yeah. weirdest and coolest thing at the same time. You know, one day you're in, I don't know, the Midwest, the next minute you're in Boulder, Colorado, the next minute you're in Idaho, the next, you know, it's so it's wild, but very fun.
0: Yeah, so you're from England, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you could probably guess that with the accent. A little bit, but <laughs> she's
0: she's from England too, my Are wife. You? So. Oh, okay, whereabouts? She's, she's not actually from her, she, her she's yeah. in, part English. Okay. I guess that's a better very way to cool. kind of All right, I'll <laughs> say that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, from Essex and Wickford, right? Uh, my is Wickford. Yeah.
1: Cool, awesome, very cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Brighton, It's so on the south coast, not too far from Essex, yeah.
0: So growing up in England, uh, did you kind of know when you were younger? You know, did you get hit with like the music bug? You knew that's what you wanted to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. From from the age of about seven years old, I knew I wanted to be a musician. And um, you know, I think watching Back to the Future and seeing Marty McFly with the red guitar was like my first, you know, inspiration. And then I was obsessed with Michael Jackson. I just thought, wow, what a cool way to 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 live and to you know make a living. so i kind of just been on a journey to to be able to do that ever since. And I was always, you know, I had this big dream to move to the States and I always found it like this magical land that, you know, if you wanted to do something crazy, like be a musician, you could do it here. And so as soon as I was, uh, you know, finished college and did all the sensible things you're supposed to do in life, <laughs> I moved on over here and, and gave it a go. And here we are. So was a good decision, I suppose.
0: Yeah. <laughs> did, uh, were your parents supportive?
1: Uh, yeah, always. I come from a, a very f- supportive family in terms of my, you know, decision to do be a musician. And uh, I think it's been nice to, for them to watch the, you know, the path and the growth and things like that. So it's not always the easiest uh, career, you know, to, to, to do and to drag your loved ones into. But, but when it goes well, I don't think there's anything that's better. You know, it's really cool.
0: Yeah. So so what, what artists did you see kind of growing up uh, in England? Like
1: everyone really I, my, you know I've got influences all over the place was my, my parents were very into you know the Beatles and, and things like that the Who um, I loved you know bands like Queen growing up and um, and then I was lucky enough to be a teenag- teenager in England when the Britpop sort of <laughs> phenomenon, phenomenon happened Blur and Oasis and mm-hmm. that's when I really started writing songs and things like that and then uh, just everything really. I try and keep my you know my sort of musical taste all over the shop and and listen to anything from dance music to hip hop to classical music, and I think you sort of hear in my my music that I have influences that are from all over the spectrum.
0: Yeah. So things just kind of started blowing up for you a couple of years ago, mm. right? So tell me, kind yeah. of about, tell me a little bit about that. Well, it's you know I, I think it's
1: uh, as I said, it's like a, a, a you know a, a nicely smooth upward hill journey my career has been, and. About five years ago, I was able to quit all my day jobs and all that kind of thing and do music full time. So that was my real big, big thing. And that was just by, you know, building a little fan base, getting the opportunity to play shows, going on tour with some bands and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, about two and a bit years ago, I'd already built quite a, a nice fan base in Europe and, and a little bit in the States. And then I did a TV show called The Voice and did it in Germany because I'd had my, um, my, initial, my initial kind of fans that I'd made just happen to be from that part of the world. So... I decided to do it there and learn German for some crazy reason, and and it it um, it it worked. And I I was never trying to win that show, but I, I ended up doing that. So that gave me a nice boost. And then since then, yeah, I just kind of tried to make the most of that, and then tried to get back over to the states and tour a bunch here as well. So it's been a, a kind of a whirlwind the last couple of years. But yeah, it's it's. I think coming from a place where I had no fans and no one coming to shows, it m- allows me to appreciate it when people do come. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah now you mentioned you're on tour with eric hutchinson mm-hmm. and tristan pretty yeah and they're kind of winding down near the end of uh, yeah. the tour a little bit how's how's the tour been
1: it's been fantastic you know i've i've, I've toured in the states a, a bunch but it's always been sort of like really disjointed and one-offs here and one-offs there mm-hmm. and doing a whole six-week tour across the country is just something that i you know sort of d- always dreamed about doing really and here, here we are doing it and so i'm loving it you know it's funny for these you know some of I suppose when you've done anything a couple of times, it becomes a bit boring. So I think I, I keep everybody, you know, they're always impressed at how amazed I am by even the, the, the simplest thing. Like, you know, I'm like, wow, a diner. <laughs> even though I've lived here for eight years, <laughs> I'm still really impressed by a diner in the middle of Nebraska. Because yeah. it's what you grow up watching in, in England. You know, you watch movies and TV shows. And, and so um, it's been so cool. I, I've found, been to places in the States i would never been before and just met like the nicest people. And um, it's been awesome.
0: Yeah. What have been some of the most unique and special places that you've got to play on this tour?
1: Played a show in, um, well, the, all the shows have been great. We, we played a show in D.C., which was really special for me because one of my day jobs that I had before I was able to do music took me to D.C. every once in a while. I remember my boss telling me to quit music because it was never going to take me anywhere. And so then all of a sudden I'm playing this beautiful venue. It was sold out, you know, and yeah. just like thinking I'm really glad I didn't listen to his advice. Showed him, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> New York's always really special because I lived there for eight years and that's a big home for me. Um, uh, Seattle was amazing. I mean, there's so many great, you know, playing in Boulder, Colorado, beautiful mountains in the background and uh, San Francisco last night was great. Napa is one of my favorite places in the world. So super happy to be here. I mean, it's just like to be able to travel, which I love and call it my job is like the biggest blessing in the world. So I just try and enjoy and love every minute of it really.
0: Yeah. So last night you played the Fillmore, right? Mm -hmm, Yeah. How was that? Tell me about
1: that. N- nuts. I-, I walked in and it really smelled. You could smell the history, if you know what I mean. It <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> me yeah, needs a bit of a clean. <laughs> but um, it was it was wild, you know. I mean, you feel like you feel this small, you know, because it's yeah. like you look, they've got all the posters of all the concerts that have ever happened there, and I'm sort of scanning the walls, and it's everyone, you know, yeah. that I've yeah. grown up idolizing. The tour posters. Yeah, and then yeah. so that all of a sudden there I am standing on that stage and just... You know, it's it's just, as I said, it's one of those things that I've always not, you know, many points in my career where I've thought about giving up and I've thought, well, hang on, because you never know if one day you might be playing the film more and and then you do those things and you're like, oh, that was justified (laughs) hanging in there, Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a great venue and I love it. And she's, she's gonna give me an eye, but uh, I actually proposed to her on stage at the Fillmore. So. You did? Oh, yeah.
1: congratulations! That's very cool. Yeah, so she didn't say. She that. Is giving you an eye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's very cool. No,
0: no, it, uh, I just it's such a legendary venue. It Absolutely. So much history in those walls. It's lovely. It's, yeah. It's amazing, Absolutely. So. Uh, so how did that how did that decision come when you were like I'm quitting my day job and I'm I'm just gonna go for it like how did you I felt on?
1: like it was you know it was about five years ago now and I was at that point where it was like now or never I'd been I'd been you know performing and writing and recording all throughout that period but I need I knew I needed to like make a, a leap and actually I got it by really I. I I started booking a lot of shows in colleges around the States and they, you know, it's a really good way to get your foot in the door and start earning a living as a musician. Yeah. And all of a sudden that kind of thing really opened up for me and so I was able to you know, pay the bills doing that. And then from that I then started opening, I opened for a band called Boyce Avenue in Europe and from that then I opened for another band because you know, it's, it's the way it kind of goes. You just gotta keep yourself out there and try and outwork everybody else and then opportunities tend to find you. And um, and so yeah, it was kind of a snowball effect, really. But yeah. I, I knew at some point I had to make that leap, regardless of in three months' time. I had no idea how I was going to earn a dollar. Yeah. You know, I, I made that decision, and so far, so good. It's always something's always come up and bailed me out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Where were you the first time you heard yourself on the radio? Um,
1: I think I was in Germany, actually. Yeah. I was, actually, no, that's not true. I was in is it, I was in uh, Utica in upstate New York or central New York, and I was going to. I, was going to do a, a interview at a radio station we were driving there and i, I was like oh, i wonder if they're playing my song i put it yeah. on and there was well, so yeah and then and then drove away after the interview and they put it on again talked about me in the interview all very nice which is nice but uh yeah a couple of random times where he's just like oh wow this is so cool you know i always wanted that to happen so yeah, yeah new york state and germany probably one of those two
0: <laughs> yeah so you have uh, another tour coming up, uh, your own solo tour mm, coming in up April, next, right? Yeah. And you're actually going to be coming back through the Bay. Do you know where you're playing yet? In- yeah,
1: I'm coming. I'm coming in to San Francisco, and I'm playing in the uh, Hotel Utah, which should be fun. I thought that's oh, a nice okay. spot. So, kind of a small acoustic show, and um, and yeah, it would be my first show, headlining show in, in the Bay Area. So I'm uh, I'm psyched. Hopefully we pick up some fans on this tour, Derek and Tristan, and they'll come along and see us again.
0: Yeah. So you're playing with a band tonight.
1: I'm actually solo tonight, yeah, we've got, I'm solo, Tristan's a four piece and Eric's a five piece, so mm-hmm. it's a nice kind of evening of music, so I, I think when you're playing to people who might not know who you are, playing solo is the best way to sort of introduce yourself to people, and I, I think for me at least, when I go and see a show, if someone's up there by themselves, I tend to give them a bit more attention than if it's just a band, you know, yeah. so that was the decision for that.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, I've, I got to ch- see some of your videos and you put, cool. I, they're, they're pretty creative. I like, Thanks, that's right. I like yeah. the <laughs> idea of, the, of them, the, uh, your video with the kids at the concert. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. And you're the bartender, right? Yeah, so, yeah.
1: I play a few. I play the security guard, the bartender, and the ca- taxi driver and all sorts of little cameos and that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it's, you know, I've done a lot of the sort of just me singing, you know, with the guitar music videos. And I find them kind of boring to watch myself. So I wanted to, like, do something a bit different. So we came up with that idea for Untouchable, and then dancing as one well was a uh, video we did recently, and we all splashed each other with this coloured powder paint and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which was quite quite fun. And so yeah, always trying to think outside the box a little bit and do something different.
0: Yeah, and, you, and so how do you kind of um, bring that idea together when you're? I mean, does it come? Does it come when you're writing the song, like thinking ahead, like of the video, or do you come back to it?
1: Sometimes, yeah. Like with um, the the Untouchable idea with the kids was just like a random idea that you know kind of came together, but. Dancing as one, the newest video. Yeah. I, I really kind of inspired by playing that song live and watching how people were jumping around and just having a great old time. So I thought, well, maybe we can introduce that into the video somehow, and um, and that's how that kind of came along really. So yeah, either from playing songs live and getting ideas from the audience, or or um, just coming up with random ideas in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So um, so on this on this tour. Um, Do you have any other stories, like from from the road, of things that happened, maybe pranks with with Eric?
1: (laughs) You know, I'm the only English person on this tour, so (laughs) on a daily basis, I get mocked with the people faking my accent every day, and probably uh, horribly, right? uh, Some of them are actually pretty good at this point. I've been giving people lessons on how to do it properly, so (laughs) they definitely keep me on my toes. These guys, but they're honestly like the nicest people I've ever toured with, so it's really cool. But uh, yeah, the the uh, the, the English accent uh, mocking is probably the funniest thing that happens every day. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, good times. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so what, what does 2015 hold for you? Obviously, you have that tour, but.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I really want to turn my attention back to the States, really, you know, and that's what I tried to do this year as well. And I've been touring in Europe so much for the last few years that I, I felt like I'd lost my way in the States a bit. So, I opened for a guy earlier this year called and Wells, which was cool. Probably going to do some shows with him next year, I hope, again. And. Um, yeah, build on on this tour, do my headlining tour, put my record out here properly, you know, through the proper channels, and try and just build a, a nice little US uh, fan base as well. That'll be really rad. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you like to write on tour, or do you have a special place you go to? I'm to much
1: write? better when I know I have like a deadline to write to. So I, 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 some, you know, I mess around with some ideas on tour, but I tend to just try and enjoy being on tour and playing live. And then I'll give myself like a four-month period of like, right. I have to have an album finished in four months. I work a lot better like that than just being like, Oh, maybe I'll write today, maybe I'll write tomorrow. So, yeah.
0: Uh, and what are you listening to right now?
1: Uh, a lot of Eric Hutchinson and Tristan Prettyman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Yeah. It's, no, it's great. I Really, I feel like I could if I started a cover band, I could sing all their songs. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> yeah. You get, you get used to it night after night. Yeah, exactly. It's a good thing. So. Yeah, it's great. Uh. Cool. cool well thank you so much guys yeah I thank you nick Thanks for yeah. taking the time today awesome thank you i'll see you next time we're back in town
0: very cool let's listen to another song from nick howard here uh before we wind out the nick howard part of the, the show and this is days like <clears throat> Okay, so let's move along to uh, the next or- artist that we have on the show, which is actually the headliner from that same concert, and that is Eric Hutchinson. We didn't get a chance to talk to Eric uh, this go-round, but um, did uh, stick around for his set, which is uh, really awesome and, and a really rocking set. He's he's a great artist, and um, I'll kind of recap a couple of times where I've, I've gotten to see him um, and actually have met him before. Um, he... The first time my wife and I saw him, uh, he opened up for Jack's Mannequin at Slim's in San Francisco. And, uh, and he was so energetic in his performance. I remember him doing a cover of uh, My Girl and it was it was so great like he's just uh, so into his music and he's his stage presence is a big part of his act as well his his music's great and catchy and uh, easy to sing along to uh, but uh, a lot of it um, is backed up by his incredible stage performance so um so definitely check out Eric Hutchinson if you have a chance um and he, uh, he performed actually a song with Tristan Prettyman as well, uh, who was his opening act. They, uh, they set up the tour together. It's called the um, City and Sand Tour. Uh, the city being, um, I think, Boston, back on the East Coast, and sand being for San Diego, which is where Tristan is from. Um, so they set that up. And I uh, have toured the country and uh, winding it down right now here on the west coast um so we're gonna check out um a couple of songs from eric hutchinson um again that was a, that was the first time i saw him i've seen him a couple of other times uh, as well uh, over the years i saw him i think the night before my bachelor party um and uh, i met him after the show and had him record a video for my wife telling her to be good on her bachelorette party which is uh which is pretty funny Put it on her Facebook, and uh, so that was that was nice. Uh, that was at the um the boardwalk in uh, Sacramento, and I, f- I think I've seen him one or two other times outside of that, so he always puts on a, a great show, and it was good to uh, get to see him again live. Here is Oh by Harry Hutchins. We'll
2: Who's faking you? <laughs> We're gonna
0: divide you into two sets of people. We're gonna find out who's not singing. First group of people, anybody who ordered delicious olive oil cake for dessert.
2: <laughs> Alright, you're the first group. Let's hear some O's. ready? One, two, one, two, three, four.
0: Whoa! Oh, oh, Whoa! Oh. So that's our program, and I really want to thank Nick Howard for taking the time to uh, do the interview at City Winery in Napa, uh, as well as Eric Hutchinson for putting on an awesome performance as well. Um, and overall, a really great show. Uh, thanks for tuning into Concert Pipeline this year. is really uh, a great time bringing uh, Concert Pipeline back to uh, back to the crowd. I uh, started Concert Pipeline over a decade ago. When I was a youngin, uh, as a TV show or would interview bands on tour and um, and include some concert footage and that sort of thing, and it's um, it, it ended for a long time, um, but 2014 has been really generous with me, and uh, and with the podcast, and it's been fun for me to get to do the podcast with uh, my friend Joe. Um, who um, hasn't always been able to do it he's really busy with work and has other obligations as well but um, but it's a good hobby for us and um, and great for us to get out to um, to concerts and talk to bands as well have a have a really good time i mean we've we've met some uh, cool great artists over the uh, past year and uh, just kind of really super excited about the opportunities that we've been granted I mean um, getting to talk to uh, Jack Antonoff from bleachers it was a, a cool one uh, bleachers and fun um, I didn't get a long time with him I wasn't overly impressed with the interview overall but uh, but it was uh, it was a special one to me uh, because I got to talk to him but but I've had some really great interviews as well with Wild Cub and Junior Prom, um, and um, and going back, um, just talking to Miles Hendrick about uh, the DJ, about um, playing for uh, the Prince and Princess, uh, and also playing a Breaking Bad party uh, where where the cast of Breaking Bad got down and, and danced and everything, interviewing. Um, Eddie Money, oh my gosh, Eddie Money, that was an incredible experience, um, to get to hang out with Eddie Money, and I, hang, I got to hang out with these people all night, um, at the show and stand on the side of the stage for Eddie Eddie Money. I mean, he's so old and, and kind of washed up, but he's Eddie Money, like, it was incredible. Um, and, um, Andrew McMahon, getting to talk to him was a, a real treat. Um, I mean, I've interviewed him a couple of times before, but this one was kind of special because it happened on my daughter's fourth birthday and, uh, and she got to meet him also. It was a day concert, uh, in, in the park and, uh, she got to meet him and get a picture with him. And, um, and that's something that's, just special to me because it's t- bringing my daughter into my world and getting to see what I do and um, and sharing my music tastes and and she likes his music now as well which is which is just incredible to me that I get to pass that on to my kids um his spin doctors Matt and Kim Matt and Kim were uh so so awesome to talk to who put on an incredible performance, um, when we saw them at bottle rock interviewed smash mouth, Steve Harwell was a dirty fucker. And, uh, which is funny. Um, Steve Harwell from smash mouth, like one of my early childhood favorite bands, which is a horrible band to have as your, uh, for, you know, one of your first favorite bands, but I didn't know anything about music. And, and Steve even apologized for, uh, for being them being my, one of my first favorite bands um but uh is need to get to talk to um uh one of my childhood favorite bands metalachi was awesome um Covering the Acoustic for a Cure concert with Sammy Hagar, James Hetfield, and uh, Pat Monahan, and Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, Joe Satriani, all that was so excellent. Uh, and the list goes on and on. I mean, those are just some of the m- m- more recent um, shows that we've gotten to cover. And, um, and it was it's such a great year so we'll have a lot more shenanigans um in 2015 and um and continue to interview both um local and um and national bands as they come through the bay area and perform and bring you some of their um concert footage as well um so i'm going to uh drop the hint that there's a chance it's still a possibility since this is airing before it's fully confirmed i can't Guarantee it 100%, but I'm going to go out there and say that there's a chance that we might have an interview with Rise Against uh, next Friday at the or- uh, Oracle Arena in um, Oakland um, at, as part of Live 105's Not So Silent Night. They're playing with Linkin Park and a bunch of other bands uh, that night, and Rise Against obviously is blown up. We interviewed them um, as part of one of my old tv shows stage right so many years ago i mean it was probably like 12 years ago at least that we interviewed rise against originally when they opened for anti-flag at slim's and since then i mean a huge amount of radio play and huge i mean uh record sales and every, and uh and everything so um so that's not 100 percent yet but um but there's a, a solid chance enough that i um that i'm mentioning it so so if that's the case well have one more podcast but i didn't want to end without kind of recapping some of the um the good points of, of the program oh yeah how could i forget taking back sunday uh, one of our first big interviews of the year uh, was so cool got to see them with the used so a lot of great stuff this year for 2014 and really a joy to do the podcast and uh um, and get to hang out with Joe um, while doing it. Sometimes uh, he's a good friend, and um, and he knows a lot about music, and, and taught me a lot about um, m- um, music as well, which kind of led me to um, to take that ball and run with it, and turn uh, turn my musical taste into this great uh, venture of um, of going to concerts and interviewing bands, and um, and uh, and expanding my musical uh tastes and, and knowledge so much uh, over the years as well so so thank you to joe for that um so again check us out on stitcher yeah stitcher stitcher for podcasts it's an app you can download it on your iphone you could probably download it on an android device but i don't know anything about androids um and um and you can listen to uh, Concert Pipeline on the go. Uh, you can also download it um, on in the podcast app on your iPhone as well and subscribe to it um, and check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Concert Pipeline Pod and on, uh, follow us on Twitter. So there's only one real way that um, we can end um, this program when it's with uh, another song. And um, the song title is Fitting for ending a program it's all over now by eric hutchinson thanks for tuning in have a great uh new year's uh for 2014 and we'll catch you again in 2015 if we don't have one more show peace what is for credits i don't know what that means to play us out what does that mean to end the show yeah yeah all right go go in five four three